But is there a word from the Lord? If you turn with me to Psalm 139 and verse 14. Psalm 139 and verse 14. And it reads, from the New King James Version. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knows very well. I want to read also Another verse, Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Everybody say, the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. One final verse found in Matthew 28, verse 16. I'll just read what we call the Great Commission. Go make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples of all nations. And I want to share with you for the next few minutes a message entitled, Use God's Wisdom Wisely. Can you help me? Just look at two people and tell them, use God's wisdom wisely. And we say God's wisdom because the wise man Solomon said in chapter 2 and verse 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom. As wise as you may be, as smart as you may be, it is God that gave you that wisdom. Use it wisely. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you. As we celebrate this movement today of the Universal Service Fund, the great work they're doing. And as we worship you on another Lord's Day, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. We thank you that we can come in your presence, lift up holy hands, open our mouths and sing. Like David said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So God, we thank you for this time and we pray that even as you have been with us, that you will continue to grace us with your presence. Open our minds and our hearts to the word that will be broken now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. And again we say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I 
I would like to begin with a poem that nobody knows who wrote it. The author is yet unknown. And it dates back several years. But it simply says, more than 2,000 years ago, there was a man born contrary to the laws of nature. He laid aside his purple robe for a peasant's tunic. He was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. This man lived in poverty and was raised in obscurity. He received no formal education and never possessed wealth or widespread influence. He never tra traveled extensively. He seldom crossed the boundary of the country in which he lived. But this man's life has changed the course of history. In infancy, he started a king. In childhood, he amazed religious scholars. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature walked on stormy waves and hustled the raging sea to sleep. He healed multitudes without medicine and made no charge for his services. He never practiced psychiatry, yet he has healed more broken hearts than all the doctors far and near. He never wrote a book, yet his life has inspired more books than any other man. He never wrote a song, yet he has furnished the theme for more songs than all songwriters combined. He never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. He never marshaled an army. He never drafted a soldier or fired a gun, yet no leader has had more rebels surrender to him without a shot fired. Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. His enemies could not destroy him. The grave could not hold him. After three days, he rose from the dead, alive forevermore. He is ever-perfect one. He is the ever-perfect one. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. This man stands forth upon the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory, proclaimed by God, acknowledged by angels, adored by the people, and feared by demons as the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, put your hands together for the incomparable, the incomparable Jesus. There's nobody like him, nobody like him. And when we think today that God who enrobed himself in flesh and came to dwell among us so we could experience a little bit of God. And when we examine how he touched lives and the changes he made, the transformation he made while he was here on earth. It behooves every one of us to pay special attention to Jesus. I'm glad I know the man. Is there anybody that's glad you know Jesus? Is there anybody that's glad you have a personal relationship with Jesus? See, it's important that you do that because now you begin to understand 
that the wisdom with which you flow, the intelligence that you have, really was given to you by God and given to you for a purpose. We're not here just like the other you know, animals and just here and we come and we spend time and we go. But God has strategically placed us. And we must understand as believers that God really wants to position you in strategic positions of influence. I, I dare say the enemy doesn't mind if you work at the Ministry of Education. He just doesn't want you to call the shots. Uh-oh. He doesn't mind if as a child of God you work in the ministry of finance. He just doesn't want you to have the influence that as a child of God you would use to make certain decisions. But I thank God that he's raising up an army of believers and is placing them all over, all over the globe, all over the world. Not just in Jamaica, but God is raising up his people so they can have a voice I'm tired of the church just being an echo. But when the church is a voice, when we speak, demons will tremble. When we speak, policy will be shifted. When we speak, things will happen for the betterment of society. And I know that's the goal in general. But sometimes it gets skewed. Sometimes it gets swept aside. But we thank God and I call upon even our young people that are in school and in colleges now. See yourself for what God says you are. Stand up and be counted. Stand up and make a difference. You're not just there as another statistic. But God is raising you up. And he said, he, Paul said, being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you is able to perform it unto the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, and then he also says, God says in Jeremiah, he watches over his word to perform it. So whatever God has spoken over your life, whatever prophecy, whatever prophetic utterances have been made over your life, I want to assure you today that God is going to bring it to pass. Can I get a witness here today? And we can see the move of God, and as we see the hand of God, in this world and because you see the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and so God is going to have his purposes in the earth you may not do it but God will use somebody else I've seen many times when there is somebody who is far more eloquent and far more eminently qualified than others that's promoted to the position because God's plan will come to pass. Can somebody put your hands together and praise the Lord? We're talking about using God's wisdom wisely. Using it for his glory. So his presence and purpose in the earth can be established. So people can know why they're here. People can know what they're supposed to do. People can know how they need to do it and what the re results will be. And so... I, I want to acknowledge, even as the theme of this, this day is broadening access through the use of technology. Technology has come a long way. And there are benefits of technology to society. There are positive effects of technology that has changed our lives forever. We will not 
go back to the way we were before. How many of you remember the first time you saw an elevator? <laughs> you know, it kind of scared you a bit. And until this day, I'm not to mention escalators. Some people just can't step off on that escalator. I saw a woman at the airport a few months ago, a couple of years ago, and she, just, she, she had to find the step because it is so intimidating for many. You and I just walk on it and start going down like nothing, but, but there are people who are scared. There are people who will not take an elevator. And there are people who don't know the purpose of an elevator. There, there was a man that came from the bushes, never been to the city, and he saw this elevator, and he didn't know what it was, but he saw an old lady in her late 80s go in, and he looked, and he saw the door closed, and he wondered what in the world that was, and then when the door opened again, he saw a beautiful young lady step out. He touched his son, he said, son, go bring your mother. Yeah, he wanted to put her in the elevator, man. Transformation. But it's all technology. It's all about technology. And it has its positives, but it also has its negatives. And we're going to talk about some of the positives today as well as some of the negatives. And then we're going to bring it in and close. You see, technology can be a scary thing, especially for businesses that have found success doing things a certain way. When you have to transition and make changes, it is not easy. It is not easy to move with the tide because you have become creatures of habits. We, we all are. And you get accustomed to doing things a certain way. But then, you know, here comes technology. It's, and it's advancing at such a rapid pace. I mean, what used to take a year to, to do is now taking a week, two weeks, three weeks. And it's just moving at rapid speed. Technology is something that is here and we will have to learn to live with it. Amen? To put your mind at ease, remind yourself that technology has always been around. Maybe not in this form, but it is technology that got the Egyptians where they were. Remember those who tried to build the Tower of Babel and, and God had to come down and confuse their language because they were, they were going right up. They wanted to go right there and God had to put a stop to it. Technology is not new. And you must also remember that all technology was new at one point. And those who were open to new technology have been more likely to benefit from it. So keep an open mind. You know, guard yourself of the negatives and from the negatives, but keep an open mind. I know there are still preachers and believers who may not believe that we should preach from a tablet. You know, they want to see the Bible <laughs> as though that was the first edition of the Word of God. What do you think existed before the printed Bible? The printed Bible was not always here. It wasn't the first uh, rendition and edition of the word of God but we will we will we use technology but we don't trust in technology hmm? the Bible says some trust in horses and some in chariots but we will remember the name of the Lord our God can somebody say amen 
So while technology will boost business by improving strategies, it's good, it's there, and you can get accurate statistics using technology. You can communicate easier through technology. Look at what happened in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, you know, smoother trade. Global, international transactions are much easier and more efficient than they once were. On the consumer side, uh, inventions like credit card and the emergence of e-commerce have made it so easy. I mean, there's hardly anybody in here now that can say I've never been on Amazon to shop to buy some technology, technology. And yet, it, it wasn't something that started 200 years ago in the current form. My point is, uh, there are new technologies that will promote business. There are new technologies that will promote um, community. There are new technologies that can be used. And the church must also understand how to use and maximize the technology that's available to us. Can somebody say amen? You look at online advertising. My, 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 some people have never put an advertisement in a newspaper for the longest as a business, but they are advertising more aggressively and reaching a wider audience. So technology has its benefits. Technology has its good sides. However, I want to say in addition to online courses that you can do and all of that, I mean, when you look, I mentioned the pandemic a while ago, and it's interesting how the church had to uh, start live streaming. That's technology. Right now, we are, we, are, we are streaming live on maybe YouTube and several stations. That's technology, and that is good. And we want to commend those who continue to develop it and commend those that continue to make it accessible and available, not only to the public, but to entities and organizations and schools, etc. Praise God. Now, technology makes everyday life better. We will agree. That's not anything to be debated. But I want you to understand, there are some downsides. And I want to touch on some of these now before we bring this word in. Because although technology has made major leaps and bounds in medical uh, technology and the, the whole field of medicine, it's amazing what is going on and surgeries that can, can be performed without a knife. I mean, this is technology and it's good. It has its place. But I want you to understand that the downside of technology must not be overlooked. And I call upon those, the powers that be, to understand the need to regulate, to understand the need to educate because some of these things you can't regulate. Some of these things are just available. It's, it's a world wide web. But people use technology in negative ways. And I want you to bear with me for a few minutes. Because as we learn as a church to use technology to spread the gospel. So more and more people can be reached. 
we are utilizing the tools that are available to us. But even in the church, if we are not careful, we can become victims of the downside of this technology that we never intended and we never thought we would be in that way. So let's take a look now at some of the things that we have to be guarded against when it comes to technology in its present form. You have heard of cyberbullying, haven't you? And I want to say to the church, if you ever become someone that is guilty of bullying anyone, using your social media to, to bully anyone, to say negative things about anyone. You, you know people have been bullied in cyberspace who have committed suicide because they can't take it. What would you do? If you are a cyber bully and the person you are bullying commits suicide, do you know that their blood is on your shoulder? Come on, somebody. So you think it's okay. You can just jump on your smartphone and say what you want. You can jump on your status and put what you want to put. When last have you put a scripture verse on your status? You know, some people are so quick. To, to, to cuss out one another on their status and, and throw words on their status and, and make posts that are negative. How about something positive? How about something uplifting? How about something that will make somebody feel lovely and lovable? We have to be careful. We have to be careful. You see, people are more connected than ever before. Thanks in large part to the rapid advancements in technology. But here is another downside of technology. Do you know that there are couples who text one another in the same bedroom? Oh, it happens. I've been counseling people. <laughs> I've been counseling for a long time. There are children in a two-bedroom house with their parents. And instead of communicating with the parent face to face, they text them. Now you tell me that's not a downside. In other words, personal communicating has been reduced because of technology. And it's, we don't blame, we're not blaming the technology. We're just saying it's a downside. If you are not careful, if you don't watch it, you will become a victim of it. And I could go on and on and on. You see, social media and mobile devices may lead to psychological and physical issues, such as uh, an eye strain and difficulty focusing on important tasks. Hmm? You're on screen. You're just on screen from morning till night. You're just on the screen for hours on end. And you don't realize it's affecting you physically. It's affecting you medically. And it seems okay to you because you're enjoying what you're doing. But you need to be aware of the things that are not positive. Amen? So the overuse of technology may have a more significant impact on the developing children and teenagers. You, you watch... You watch children. They're watching three screens at the same time. The TV, a tablet, and a phone. And they're playing games and they're doing everything. And, and they're, you know, and you're saying, wow, they're smarty. 
What a way them bright. But I'm telling you, it can have negative long-term effects because these kids will become so bored so easily. And, and those of us as parents, well, I'm, I'm grandparent now. You, you know, you just allow these devices to babysit your children. I'm saying be careful. We're talking about broadening access through the use of technology. But we have to be aware of the downsides of these things. A lot of things that your children are saying to you now that's considered funny because they're kids. But in another four years, it won't be funny. It will be rude. But they're picking it up all from the screens. How do you monitor this? How do you control this? So that, you know, they're picking up the right things and they know when to say, what to say, how to say, and to whom to say it. Because what they say to you and you smile and laugh because it sounds funny. When they go to school and say to a teacher, the teacher isn't going to have time for that nonsense. The teacher is going to have time for that rudeness and fastiness. No. So I'm just saying, all of this is good. But let us be aware of the things that are considered negative impacts of the technology. Depression and other mental health issues arise out of the overuse of technology. Hmm? A university in Michigan study found that Facebook use led to a decrease in happiness and overall life satisfaction. The cause of depression may be exaggerated expectations triggered by online reality and unrealistic social comparisons. Sorry, says uh, Saju Matthew. Hmm? And there are other studies that show. So another downside of technology is lack of sleep. People are losing sleep because you can stay there and scroll. All night. Eh? And when you wait, when last have you asked somebody how they do it? I said, man, I'm just feeling great. I'm terrific. I'm excited. No. Well, I'm tired. How are you doing? I'm tired. That, that is a standard response you're getting from people. Why are you so tired? When you have a whole night to sleep. But then there's so much to do on those devices that can keep you away from your sleep. Even ADHD. Studies are showing that, you know, the, 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 the children are suffering and it's linked to technology. Obesity. Obesity. Because you're just there, you know, you're not up and down. You're just, you can do everything um, at home. You, you, you don't have to get up and do anything. You don't have to go anywhere. All of these things, learning barriers... These are problems of technology. And so, even intimacy with couples. Yes. Uh, can I talk about it? Technology has provided alternatives for intimacy. Hello. And so, there are many couples now who are in the same bedroom. But there is no relationship. To, come on, I've got to talk about these things because they are real. They are affecting millions of people around the world. And if we don't address it, we're going fast. Nowhere fast because it's just a downhill ride. But I call upon the believers. I call upon well-thinking Jamaicans. I call upon those who are watching today to understand the tools you have. Nothing is wrong with technology. It's a tool. 
And like a knife, nothing is wrong with the knife. You can peel an orange with the knife or you can stab somebody to death. What's wrong with the knife? Nothing is wrong with the knife. It just depends on whose hand it is in. And when you use technology properly, when you use the wisdom that God has given you to govern and moderate and, and regulate your use, then you will be using it for its proper usage and God will get the glory out of it. So let us understand that as we seek now to move to a close, that God has made us. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. When you look at the human body with trillions of cells, and scientists are now discovering that there's a second brain in the body. Have you heard? Yeah, the microbiome in your gut. There is uh, trillions of cells that have formed themselves into a nucleus. And uh, they say, well, he, he, uh, it, it was said many, many years ago that, you know, every disease begins in your gut. Hippocrates said that. Uh, and so now scientists are coming full circle to discover that it's really your gut. So if you have a neurological problem, don't treat the brain, treat the gut, fix your gut and fix your life. This is what they're saying. What am I saying this to say? I'm saying God has made us meticulously. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you don't understand who you are and whose you are, if you don't understand the power that you have inside you, if you don't understand the capacity that you have as a human being that is devoted to God and how God can use you for his glory and use you for his honor, you are just wasting time just passing through this life. But I call upon my Jamaicans, I call upon Emmanuelites, I call upon all believers to understand that God has made you. He has deposited wisdom in you. And when you use it for his glory, my God, the, the Lord God, the glory of the Lord will fill the earth and people will come to see a God that really loves his creation. People will come to understand that we are here on purpose to really serve the Father, to really serve each other, to love each other. Why should I use technology to hurt you? My God, when I can use it to bless you, when I can use it to help you. So I'm calling upon all of us this morning to understand that the time has come for us to use God's wisdom wisely. And the next time you take up a device, whether it's an iPhone, an Android, whatever it is, a tablet, this, whatever, make sure that you know you're using it for positive use. Make sure that you know it is engendering love. Make sure that you know that it is productive use that you're putting it to. Nothing destructive, nothing harmful, whether personally or to your fellow man. Please stand with me all over this building. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Hmm? And it is God who has given us wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Wisdom. God has given you wisdom. Hmm? And the Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Who give it to all men liberally 
and abradeth not. He will give you what you need. In other words, access is granted. Access is granted. If you lack wisdom, ask God. And God will give you access to wisdom. Knowing the difference between good and evil. And this world is plagued with merchants of evil. Merchants of death. That want to peddle substance and peddle things that will mess up your minds. And minds of your children. But thank God we have praying mothers and praying grandmothers. And praying men and women who will go before God. And ask for a generation that will take responsibility for their action. So it's not everybody is doing evil. It's not everybody is doing the wrong thing. And for those of you under the sound of my voice today, I urge you to use God's wisdom wisely. Use the wisdom that God has given you wisely. Yeah, because you, you, you got it. You got it. He, he gave you. You didn't buy it. You didn't have to beg for it. God gave you. And I close with this because there are not many people who understand. The overwhelming majority of people in the world are one talent people. So the Bible tells us in Matthew 25 of the Lord who came and he called his servants together. To one he gave how many? Five talents. To the other he gave two. And to the third one he gave one. The one with the five took the talents and multiplied it. He invested it. The one with the two did the same. But the one with the one, what did he do? He went and hid it. Buried it. And when the day of reckoning, somebody say a day of reckoning is coming. A day of reckoning is coming. You will have to give an account for the deeds done in your body. You will have to answer to God. What did you do with his talents? And so the one with the five came and said, Lord, you gave me five. I traded it and I brought five more on top of it. Ten. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The one with the two came. Lord, you gave me two. I invested it. I made two more talents. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The one with the one came started accusing and blaming the Lord. Oh, because I know you sow where you, 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 you gather where you didn't sow and you reap. And just a bag of excuses. He had no integrity. He had no initiative. He had no character. And he blamed his master. The master said, you wicked and slothful servant. Because if you had even just given the one talent to the money changers, I don't know if he was saying if he had bought some cryptocurrency or some. I, I don't know, but you know, if he had put it to whatever. Um, at least you could have brought back some interest. And you would be just like the others. You got one. You didn't have to bring two more. You got one. You didn't have to bring five. Stop comparing yourselves with two talent and five talent people. Not many of them in the world. <laughs> Certainly the five talents are not very many, man. <laughs> Thomas Edison's and, you know, you can, we can name a few. You know, who really just did some things for the world in technology and in medical science and that, that, that just blows our mind. 
But it's not how many you got, it's what you do with what you have. And I call upon you today to use God's wisdom wisely. Stop wasting it, stop splurging it. Use it wisely, constructively, positively for nation building purposes. To build up the church of the living God. Help people along the way. No wonder the song says, if I can help somebody as I pass along then my living will not be in vain. Would you raise your hands with me, Father, as you bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this time we have shared in your house today. Another opportunity to praise you. Another opportunity to glorify your name. Oh, God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love that is shed abroad in our hearts. We thank you that you have found us, you have turned us around, you have cleansed us, you have called us your own even when we didn't deserve it. Yes, Lord. You have won the victory and because you have won the victory, we are victorious. And so we thank you today. We pray a blessing on this universal service fund. The work they do, the mandate they have, the challenges they have. We lift them to you and I pray for solutions. I pray for solutions, solutions, solutions to every problem they face. Mighty God, let your favor rest upon them and all those that, that, that are working together for its success. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We are available to you as we make ourselves available to you. Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say. Use me, Lord to show someone the way hallelujah in the name of jesus christ we thank you now